I'm Mel Stewart, and this is Swim Swam Podcast. Joining me today in our swimming leadership series is a guest who makes my head spin when I dive into her background and when I dive into her resume. She is the Chief Commercial Officer for the United States Swimming with deep, deep, deep swimming roots. Ladies and gentlemen, Shane Ferguson. Hi, Mel. Thanks for having me. This is so fun. It's actually good to see you. I know. I'm, I'm so used to seeing you on deck and, you know, and just being in the mix. Uh, so we, we, should, we should say this um, at the outset. We, we do know each other, uh, and, and I, I work as an ambassador with USC Swimming Foundation. It's been the joy of my life since 2008. And uh, to put Shana in, into perspective, um, so we engage on that side, but Shana is the chief commercial officer. She's the head of the commercial division at USA Swimming, which... I, I, I can't remember everything that she has to do. She has to, uh, it's sponsorship sales, revenue generation, digital platforms, raising money for the USA Swimming Foundation, event planning, creative communication. It is, it is all falls on her shoulders. So when I, when I still feel sorry for myself with this work that I do at Swim Swam, I just think of Shana and I think, you know what? I don't have as much responsibility as she does. That's good. Well, all you no, need, Mel, is a really great team. A lot of responsibility. Yeah, I have a really great team, to be perfectly honest. Um, those things, perhaps the ultimate responsibility falls on my shoulders, but quite frankly, I've got a really talented team of some smart people who were here, quite frankly, at USA Swimming before I was. So they've got some of that institutional knowledge that I don't necessarily bring. Um, and have helped to guide me, quite frankly, in the work that we're doing as a commercial team. And, and I am lucky to be here. I'm lucky that um, Tim Hinchy saw something in me that, that made him want to bring me on board. Um, I would also like to mention, Mel, you spoke a little bit about the foundation and the work you do there. I got to say, we couldn't do it without you. Um, you are such a, a critical member of our foundation. Um, um, we call it trust tree over here, as you know, um, but, but the, the core team that does the work behind fundraising and reaching out to our alumni and reaching out to the greater swimming community simply would be a whole lot harder if you weren't so involved. So I just want to thank you publicly for that. No, no, no. I appreciate it. It's a, uh, what, and what I like about um, Tim, our new CEO who brought in and really has changed the culture in many ways. Uh, I can just, I'm, I don't want to make the podcast all about the culture change, but I do think it's important um, it, it, you know, there, in terms of there's nine division heads there in terms of leadership at USA swimming in the past, it's typically been all men. And now it's five women four, f five women, four men, which is, uh, frankly, a positive change. And, uh, it, nice it, it's, it's just, it, it makes, you know, swim swam started out and it was, it was one woman and it was basically a big fraternity of guys and, it was shaky. It was, uh, let's just say this, we've built over the years, sustained growth has come from female leadership. And it's, uh, and that's something that you learn on the corporate side. Uh, but also in, in terms of culture, he's, he's really chlorinated it. And he's brought in, uh, you know, in terms of people who have great resumes, we'll talk about your resume, but it's just, uh, they have, they have great resumes, but they also have swimming roots. And uh, you have swimming roots, but let's say this before we get to the swimming roots. 
and and you know you were uh, Naval Academy for four years, Marine Corps five years. Uh, you served. Uh, you you were your resume is long, but you you did over a decade at at Under Armour, and you were the global head of marketing in like several different capacities. I can't remember them all, and also the global head of marketing for 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 Under Armour Canada. But uh, a fantastic resume. So here's the question. Did you know that you were going to have to wake up and go to swim practice when you were at work? <laughs> we do go to swim practice at 5 in the morning here. I'll tell you what, Tim, um, you're right. He, he loves the fact that, that so many of us have chlorine in our blood, that we deeply love the sport. I have to be careful not to get emotional talking about it because I deeply, deeply love the sport. Um, have been at, well, was a competitive swimmer from the age of six, but Mel, I... I was never going to make it to the national level of competition. I was your typical age grouper. I swam in the Adirondack LSC. Um, I was lucky enough to swim Division One, but that was it. I mean, I am really the quintessential middle of the packer. And so, to be able to come to USA Swimming um, with a with a little bit more of a business tilt than perhaps the technical swim mind. Um, I think is it is a positive for all of us, quite frankly. It's neat when we all get to swim together. It's neat when you come out to visit Mel and you get in the pool with us too. Um, but it, I, I, it's not to say that those who don't have a swimming background aren't fantastic in their jobs because quite frankly, we need that type of diversity here. Diversity in, in job skills, diversity in gender, diversity in race, religion, you name it. Um, so it's okay that not everybody here is a swimmer, but there is something really special when we can all set it aside for an hour and hop in the pool and um, work some of those endorphins out, as you know. And just to, since it's a podcast, um, we, 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 uh, we, we have to say this, we're going to talk about the Aquatics Coalition. That's what we're going to get into in this podcast. But I do, I do want you guys to understand Shana and, and how much, you know, I like her and respect her and why. And it's and it's not just the resume. It's not just all of all of the experience she brings as a as a very unique leader. Um, you know, when you're going to have to jump in the pool and and, and do a workout at, at altitude and 50 meters, and you're you're not you're feeling kind of insecure about it. Shana whispers to you, "Hey, you could just wear fins. Just wear fins. Just wear fins, buddy." <laughs> I wore, in my, in my no, last workout with that. you, I wore fins and I kept up with you, and I was just, just trying to get on. ahead of him. Couldn't do it. Yeah. Oh, you can't. Forget it. Don't underestimate Tim Hinchy, man. He is fast in that pool. Took him to swim practice this past Friday morning with Rowdy and our new incoming board chair. None of us could keep up. Don't you? Don't you underestimate that guy? Um, what's fascinating about your position is is it is that at the epicenter of everything that is exciting to me about swim in terms of it's a really it's a growth engine. It's a revenue growth engine. It's it, it's about projecting outward what we know about our NGB. And I, and I think most people in our community agree that, especially since the 2004 Olympic trials, USA Swimming has been on this upper trajectory that's been extraordinary. And then we got rocked with the pandemic. So you're at the epicenter of this, of this successful engine. And suddenly, you're not, you're not really doing that. You're, 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 you're maintaining and all of a sudden now it's, it's really about getting swimmers back to the pool safely. And uh, I, something tells me that's been your focus since the pandemic hit. And, I, and I, so we wanted to bring you on to talk about the Aquatics Coalition. And uh, if, you're, if you're listening and you're not on your computer, or you, if you're listening and you can go to your computer and go to your phone, go to aquatics-coalition.org and you can follow along with us. What, what has your life been like 
driving the Aquatics Coalition? It's a good question. Thanks, Mel. This has really been a passion project of mine. Um, as, as the leader of the commercial team, it is certainly my job to drive revenue, drive interest, drive um, you know, marketing excitement around the sport. But I have to tell you, when the pandemic hit and we were all pulled out of the pool, the last thing we were thinking about was marketing the sport and promoting the sport. And, and all of our focus completely pivoted to helping our members. Now, for many people in this building, that is 100%. 365 days of the year, their focus. I would say that sometimes as a marketer or as a, a commercial focused person, I'm meeting more with partners perhaps, or with some of the other kind of outliers of the sport, trying to get them interested in the sport and not necessarily speaking to the membership as much as others in the building are, but man, that has changed during the pandemic and we have all pivoted to direct communication with our members and doing whatever we can to get folks back in the pool safely. So. Back in May, when we realized this pandemic wasn't going to be a six week and one, you know, six weeks and done, um, we thought it was probably our duty and our responsibility as the world's greatest NGV. I didn't just say the nation's greatest NGV, but the world's greatest NGV to take a leadership leadership position in pulling together everyone who had interest in getting folks back in the water for purposeful aquatics, right? So we're not talking about pool parties, although those are fun too, but during a pandemic, our focus is not on pool parties, but instead on getting folks back in the water for lifeguard training, swim lessons, competitive swimming, competitive diving, competitive triathlon, master swimming, um, all of these nonprofits who focus in the drowning prevention space and all of those corporate for-profit entities whose business is to build aquatic facilities, to um, handle air quality, to handle chlorination. All of these businesses were impacted certainly by pool closures. So we at USA Swimming took a leadership position in, in getting these organizations together and have, and have assembled 30 organizations across each of those areas, whether it be rehabilitative aquatics. Think about it, Mel, if, if you're if you're suffering from an accident or an injury and your only rehabilitation is in the water and pools are closed and you can't get the physical therapy that you need in the water, that is devastating. If you are a person whose exercise only comes from the joint relieving weightless you know, exercise of aquatics and you can't do that during this pandemic, life is really tough. Lifeguards weren't getting certified. Kids were not getting swim lessons. Like this was a really desperate time, not just for competitive swimming and USA swimming, but across all aquatics. So again, we brought this, orga this organization of, or this coalition of over 30 organizations together with a shared purpose. And that was to safely advocate for a return to water. We started, we started um, asking scientists and medical experts what we should be doing and how we should be doing it. We started talking to government officials and local health officials to explain to them how competitive swimming or lifeguarding or swim lessons is much different from pool parties and silliness, right? Um, that this is important, that folks need aquatics rehabilitation and aquatics fitness. People need swim lessons, et cetera, et cetera. So momentum really, really took off for us. Um, we're quite proud of that and, and certainly over the last few months have seen some great strides because of the advocacy work that we've done, because of the PR work that we've done, because we have spoken to governors and mayors and local health officials to help them understand what competitive swim is and what purposeful aquatics is. Because quite frankly, until they saw what a safe swim practice looked like, they didn't believe it could be done. 
So we're not out of the woods entirely yet. As, as you know, there are a few regions in the nation that are still struggling from not having indoor pools open. And we will continue to fight until we can get all those pools open again for safe swim practice. We are not advocating for a free for all and everybody just getting back in the water like we used to. We'll get there soon, someday, we hope. But right now, following proper protocols and getting kids and adults back in the water safely um, is, our, is our biggest concern. This was a raging debate on every single social media platform that you could possibly imagine. And uh, early, early on in, uh, in the shutdown, it was a lot, a lot of coaches, a lot of influential coaches, a lot of influential athletes saying, um, you know, we're a little bit different and, and we've just been categorized a certain way and now we're shut out. Uh, but I remember one of the biggest concerns at the outset was like, we got to prepare. We have to have a game plan for getting back. And part of it was lifeguards are headed up, headed by aquatics directors, and they are like they're not motivated to do their training. How much training could they do on deck before they get in the pool just to be ready to go? It, it sounds like there's so many details to this, and that it's it's almost like I don't want to call it warfare, but it feels like asymmetrical warfare. Yes. Uh, it is, but we have to do it gently and carefully. I'll, I'll tell you the first phone conversation we had with the CDC, because we did pull the CDC in to say, help us, help us help you. Like, please let us show you how we can do this safely. The first conversation we had with the CDC was not successful. Um, this woman who was wonderful and lovely said, I just don't believe that you can do this safely. And now a few months later, she sits on one of our committees on the Aquatics Coalition. We are actually helping her tell a story of how purposeful aquatics can indeed be done in a safe way, as safely as possible, right? There's Nothing that anybody can do right now that is 100% safe. So I want to be clear that we are not saying um, that everything that, 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 that all the protocols are putting into place means that you can have 100 kids in the pool at the same time. No, we're still trying to figure this disease out, right? Um, our, the chairman of our foundation board, Dr. Cecil Gordon, has been a really great sounding board for me in all this as have Dr. Tara Kirksell, you might recognize her uh, maiden name, certainly, who is a, a lead scientist at Johns Hopkins University. She's done a lot of work with us on this, as well as Dr. Lisa Blackwell, who is a physician in California, have all been really clear to say, Shana, there is so much we still don't know yet. So to be clear, all of the protocols that we recommend and all of the advocacy work that we do is understanding and, and under the condition that this is all we know right now, right? It's everything we push out is saying, this is what we know as of this timestamp right now. And we have to be smart about it because the health and safety of our 400,000 members at USA Swimming is the thing that keeps me up at night, quite frankly, is the thing that I think about most often. There was a period of time when, when, when pools started to open back up in May and, uh, and it was a little bit of a white knuckle moment because I, I was waiting for reports uh, of people who had contracted COVID <clears throat> and they were out um, positive tests. And I, and, and I, we didn't see this, we didn't see this spike. Um, so it seemed like coaches were, were figuring out, we, we saw some fits and we saw they, they were starting with fits and starts. Some, some were doing it well, but they, it seems like everyone was, was reacting quickly. The, uh, one of the biggest teams in the country is uh, nitro swimming and nitro swimming return and we were there the first day and I would say that they were 99% there yeah. but there were a few moments where coaches were talking and the mask was slipping below their nose 
and people really just piled on them when they saw that media. And, uh, and I'm like, I don't know that that's the, I knew that that I knew that they reacted very quickly to that. Yeah. And, uh, and and I don't know what it's like internally for you all, and, and how 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 in the nitty gritty you are with this. But it's um, we are. okay. We are, and quite frankly, the Aquatics Coalition is managing a, a, um, an enormous effort around data collection because we want to know exactly it, by facility where there are cases um, popping up tracing where those cases have originated. And I got to tell you, like knock on every single piece of wood that I can find, um, we haven't contact traced any positive cases of COVID back to a swim practice. So that means that kids and coaches are doing it right on the pool deck, that they are um, following the rules. The younger swimmers are doing a little better than the older swimmers, as you can imagine. So there's the challenge to any of you older swimmers listening. Um, the little kids have you guys beat by a mile, um, and the little kids are telling the older kids, put your mask back on, right? So, um, but we have, and, and there are plenty of teams who have positive cases, there's no doubt about it, but the facilities managers and the head coaches are, are all the coaches, quite frankly, are, are handling those cases with such, um, with such fragility and certainly with, with all the right protocols in place, and we are just not seeing um, any sort of spread of the virus because of swim practices. And that's awesome. Aquatics-coalition.org. It's a really great site because you can, you can go there and there's uh there's a few little links that you can, it, you click on them and it tells you exactly what's happening right now all across the country. Yeah. Uh, how up to date is that data in terms of, okay, this is, this is a map of all the pools that are opening. Good question. So there are some links on there that'll take you to static PDFs and static Word documents. And the reason for that is to give you all the tools you might need to advocate the local level or any forms you might need to fill out or any understandings of protocols you can paste on the, on the door heading into the pool. Those are all quite static. But when you see the list of pool openings and the map of pool openings, big thanks to our friends over at Councilman Hunsaker that actually links through to their site. They are in the business of getting facilities open, right? As you can imagine. So they're the ones who are maintaining all of that data and we are just simply pushing people through there. Councilman Hunsaker is one of the members of the um, Aquatics Coalition who's just been tremendous for us in that respect. And long storied history. It's uh, so map of pool openings, list of pool openings by state. I mean, this is, this is, this is impressive and it's USA Diving, uh, master swimming, swim across America, the YMCA, uh, it's, yeah. it's streamlined brands, uh, Neptune Benson. I mean, it, it's, it's, the list goes on and on USA triathlon. It's impressive. This is a, so you, you brought your big guns out and everybody's standing <laughs> together. We did. I will tell you, we, every of, of, of all the organization we asked to join, there was only one who chose not to, who shall remain nameless. Um, everybody else said yes right away, jumped in, and others since then have said, can we join, can we join? And I want to make clear that we came together because we were in the middle of crisis, but the hope is that this coalition continues to live on far beyond this crisis so that this joined group of, of aquatics experts can continue to advocate for access to facilities for all people of all ages, all genders, all races, all socioeconomic um, status, right? Like, so that is that one of our major goals moving forward. This group will continue to meet, probably not as frequently as we do now because we're in crisis, but 
will continue to meet to tackle any of the issues that the aquatics industry faces. We are stronger as the, you know, we are stronger than the, than the sum of us individually, right? Like um, we just have a greater voice if we are indeed together. Um, so it's important to recognize that nobody on this coalition is being paid to be on this coalition. Everybody's doing this as a collateral duty of their regular job. So if you see the website and say, that's not the snazziest thing I've ever seen, well, give us all a break because we're <laughs> doing our regular jobs too. And, you know, it's, I, I, I jest quite frankly, but, but the truth of the matter is this, these are people who feel so passionately about getting everybody back in the water that, you know, folks have really devoted a whole lot of their free time to, to speaking collectively on these matters. And it's really been a, a silver lining and a little bit of a bright spot in, in the middle of a really crummy summer. It's a, um, I love hearing that because what I'm hearing is that uh, you're, you're, you're taking this experience, you're making, and this is an interruption in the sport and you're, you're saying, okay, let's fortify ourselves for the future. So this, cause there's, there's going to be another black swan. There's going to be another moment. People ask how swim swam's doing. And I, I explained to them, you know, my wife and I lived through the credit crunch of 2008 and we prepared for another one. And if we hadn't prepared, if we hadn't had that moment, we wouldn't be ready for now. So we're ready and we're okay. So I love hearing that it's like, this is an opportunity to make us strong for anything that comes down the line. What's going on with coaches right now? What, what everyone's thinking about is, of course, the summer has been like, okay, we've, we've made it through. We're having inter-squad meets. Uh, we're, I'm, I'm going to travel down the road and, and capture a super fast meet that's going to be on Friday and Saturday just a, a 90 minutes per day. I'm, I can't say who's going to be in this meet, but it, I'm, I'm the only person that will be on deck 25 feet from the pool. Uh, but it's a, this is outside. And it's like, how, how, how do you move? It seems like the hump is going to be, how do you do this indoors as we start to cool off? And, and the answer is, I don't know. Do, do you, can you share yeah. anything at all? We talk about it every every minute of the day here at USA Swimming, quite frankly. We know that these athletes have got to get back to competition. We got through the hump of everybody was training via Zoom and doing dry land, and we got most of our membership back in the pool, which was nice. But but these athletes are itching to get to competition, and we're itching for them to get back to competition, quite frankly. So right now it's a series of virtual competitions, certainly, but we are at the forefront. We want to be the youth sport at the forefront, really, of getting kids safely back to competition. Okay, and I don't, I don't mean kids. I mean athletes of all ages. But, um, but you know that the overwhelming majority of our membership are, are athletes under eighteen. Um, so the safety of those school age children certainly is is of utmost importance to us. But we also know that those athletes need to be around their friends and need to compete and need to have a reason to, um, to really grind. Right. So we put together, a, a Tim and, and Joel like to call it a, a crawl walk. Oh my God. They're going to hate me. I've forgotten what it's called. Crawl walk, probably like a crawl walk, swim, crawl walk, compete, crawl walk, compete. <laughs> you can edit that out late, later. But the point is, is, you know, we start with some virtual competitions and then we move to some, in-person competitions uh, across various venues, right? We won't have a great big Toyota US Open this year in one location. We would have loved to have gone back to Atlanta and had, you know, 1,200 athletes on, on the pool deck or whatever the case may be, but we just can't do that. So we'll do that in multiple sites across the nation and we'll score those athletes against each other in those multiple sites. 
Um, we want our national teamers to start competing against each other too. They're just chomping at the bit and we are too, quite frankly. So how do we do that safely though? That means we're not going to have great big meets with hundreds of spectators. We won't have hundred people on deck anymore. We can't, we just can't for now, right? Um, the cleanliness of locker rooms comes into play and the, you know, the, how crowded are the pool decks? How crowded are the stands? How crowded are the locker rooms? Um, we've got to take that all very, very seriously. And in doing so, that means we have to limit the number of entrants for some of these meets, right? So we're working through that all, all now, but we're not going to wait until 2021 to have competitions again. Uh, we, we put a stake in the ground and said that we're ready to get back to competing in 2020. And naturally, every family has to make the decision that makes the best sense for them. And we recognize that. Um, but for those who are anxious to safely get back to competition, we will offer, you know, USA Swimming sanctioned opportunities for them to do that uh, as we round out 2020. In the hopes that we can turn the corner through the new year. Um, and jump into 2021 with with fervor and excitement. We, you know, we we got to get to Omaha in June with these athletes ready to go. Right? You don't just show up at Olympic trials after not competing for a year. You you got to get back to competition and, and so that we can field the best team in in the world. Can you share a little bit uh, yeah. what it was like internally in the culture at, up there at the HQ in Colorado Springs with the United States Swimming when you saw swims like we did in. May and June from Claire Corson. Yeah. She broke the national aggregate record. Yeah. We've seen a lot of personal bests. We've been reporting a lot of kids who are just popping back in the pool and they, they're knocking out junior national cutoff times. It seems, were you surprised by how fast swimmers were swimming? Um, surprised, maybe. Thrilled, yes. <laughs> um, just think of what Claire could do if she had you know, seven other people in the pool with her in a final, you know, you can only imagine how fast she would go. Um, what a talent that we're looking forward to, to watching soar in the months and years to come for sure. That just goes to show these, first of all, these kids are resilient and they are not going to be held down by a global pandemic. Um, we could all probably learn a lesson from that resiliency, right? Um, that positivity and that enthusiasm and that ability to excel, right? We are all, and when I say we, I'm probably talking about adults like us in our 40s. We are exhausted. <laughs> like we are so beat down, exhausted. And these youngsters are saying to us, "Look at me! I just popped the best time by three seconds in the middle of a time trial at practice." Right? Let's see what you guys can do. And it's just a nice—it's nice for us to see that and, and remind us that um, hope is not lost. Right? Well, we're, we're we're coming down to about the last three and a half minutes, and uh, I don't want to put you on the spot, but it's a it, it, what I'm hearing from you is that hey, we you know you're at the NGB and at our, at our, at our leadership understands we've got to get back in and race and that's going to look a little differently, but we're going to, we're going to move forward with that and with smaller venues. And, uh, I guess it's going to be, you know, tracking the winter time. Cause it's, it's just, everyone is hoping against hope that we can all show up in Omaha. Yeah. And I, and I, and people ask me and I'm like, I don't know what that looks like. I think it sounds like we have to have a lot of tests before then. Yep. Um, so yes, I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> Shannon, we're going to have trials or not. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, Mel, um, we talk about it all the time. We are going to do every possible thing that we can do. You're going to, you're going to, a cancellation of, of trials would mean a, a, a 80 member USA swimming staff going down, kicking and screaming. 
period, end of story. We want it so badly, we're doing everything we can. Naturally, we've got a plan A that you all know about, but I'll be honest, Mel, we've got a plan B, plan C, and plan D also, and none of those plans are no trials. None of them are. We gotta get, I mean, we, we, it's, it's the ultimate meat of our NGB. Certainly the Olympics matter a whole lot, but for the greater membership, the Olympic trials is our premier event, right? And we are so excited and so primed and so ready um, that we will do absolutely everything necessary to get those athletes on deck in June. It's, um, and I think people need to be aware that it's going to, we, we're, this is, this situation is fluid and without experience and data heading into to next spring, we're not going to have, you can't have a definitive answer. And uh, something tells me those answers are going to be rolled out as soon as possible. I think you guys have been good about, about moving quickly. Yeah. Is it, are you seeing anything around the world that has been uh, in, in other governing bodies or other parts of, our, of the world where it's like, you know what, this works. Or are you sitting back and watching it and still reviewing the data? You know, we're sitting back and watching. Um, uh, different countries also have different rates of transmittal and, and are in different um, stages of this crisis. I think everybody who's listening knows where the U.S. is, so you probably don't need me to, to, to prime you on that. But the health and safety of our, you know, we're talking really right now about our elite level swimmers, the health and safety of our national teamers and our Olympic hopefuls is so top of mind. There are people here at headquarters losing sleep over it. We do not want our athletes in any situation that would keep them from being perfectly ready at 100% for trials in June, right? So we don't know what that looks like either though, right? And a regular Olympic year, I'll tell you what, the folks in this building are exactly who know how to get <laughs> how to get athletes ready for an Olympic trials and to get a meet ready for those athletes. But this is a different year altogether. I just want to make clear that we at USA Swimming are um, the, the safety of our athletes, the safety of all of our members is first and foremost concern of ours. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky balance, though, because we want to be terribly safe, but we also want to give these athletes the opportunity to compete because we also know that their mental health depends on that. But we haven't even talked about that yet. We've been talking a lot about the physical health and the worries that we all have around COVID. Let's not forget how important it is for athletes to be in the water for not just their physical health, but also their mental health and, and their social health, right? Um, and so in, in, in prepping our, our most elite level athletes for the Olympic trials, we've gotta be thinking about those things too. And we will not make a decision based on what another country might be doing or another organization might be doing. We are gonna watch that and take it as, as you know, take under advisement what everyone else is doing, but. We have medical and science experts advising us at every turn, um, and we will continue to listen to them. You know, I got a, I've got a background in marketing, man. I don't know the first thing about about <laughs> keeping people safe from a from a horrific disease. So we'll continue to listen to the experts and make the best decisions based on that advice. Aquatics-coalition.org. Aquatics-coalition.org. You can go there. It's got a lot of interesting data. You can see what the progress is in terms of opening pools safely. We've been listening to Shana Ferguson, Chief Commercial Officer at United States Swimming. And Shana, I hope you come back and we can have a conversation about the exciting things that are happening in the, in the marketing and development side and cool events that are happening. And, but it looks like we got a little bit more time before we get to that conversation. Well, we'll be ready to talk about that and particularly talking about the lead up to trials because it's going to be a really exciting 2021 for sure. Will you come back? Right now.
Will you come back on the pod? Of course I will. Any chance to chat with you. All right. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.